What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovian. I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. I had my fair share of turkey and stuffing and pound cake and uh, mashed potatoes yesterday. And I hope you guys are in a relaxing kind of mood to listen to this show this week as you're recovering from uh, the big day. This week on the show, going to talk about the Survivor Series and how it was, it was a show. Yeah, it was a show. Plus, going to get into some wrestling news, including what happened this past Monday night on Raw. Going to give my overall thoughts on that whole situation and much more. But, got to give you all an update to start off on both the World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors in New Japan. Uh, They've been off for quite a few days. So, I'm going to start with the World Tag League standings. And this is how it looks right now. Uh, Tetsuya Naito and Sonata are in first place by themselves with 8 points. And then you have a bunch of teams with six points. Tanahashi, Yano, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi, the Gorillas of Destiny, Fale and Chase Owens, Goto and Yoshihashi, Great Okan and Aaron Hanare are all at six points each. Then Evil and Yujiro Takahashi along with uh, Kojima and Tenzan are at two points with Hanma and Makabe, Nagata and Tiger Mask and Manaro Suzuki and Takamichinoku each at zero points. Now their schedule is going to pick up here this week because they will have competition on Sunday. Uh, that is when they get back to action. And then they're going to have two more on Tuesday and Thursday. So they will be picking up on the action this coming week with three events there. Meanwhile, the best of the Super Juniors, uh, theirs was a little more recent, but they're going to be getting back real soon into action. Two-way tie for first right now. Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Sho are at eight points. Then Hiromu Takahashi is at seven points. He had a draw in his latest match. Uh, Taiji Ishimori at six. El Desperado, five. Uh... Duki and Robbie Eagles, Bushi and Rarosuke Taguchi and El Fantasma and Master Wado are all at four points. And Yo did pick up a win recently. He is still at the bottom, but he is at 
two points. They will resume their tournament action this Saturday, and then they will continue on on to Monday and next Friday. So the best of the Super Juniors, they will be kicking up as well. So keep you guys up to date on the tournament standings for both uh, best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League. Big news for Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, this is fantastic news to talk about. And, you know, it's kind of cool when you don't have, um, you know, there are some weeks where you don't have much to talk about. But this is wonderful news to report. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling, as you guys know by now, they are having a show on January the 23rd at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. And it was announced earlier today, all tickets for that show are sold out. That's right. Game Changer Wrestling, GCW, all the tickets for the January 23rd show sold out. And it will be the biggest crowd to ever witness wrestling in the Hammerstein Ballroom. And you got to think about, you know, ECW, Ring of Honor, even the one-night stand events, you know, that were in the Hammerstein Ballroom. And not only was GCW able to sell the building out, but it's going to be the big, attendance-wise, the biggest event ever in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Congratulations to Game Changer Wrestling with that tremendous news. They definitely deserve it. Um, and it just goes to show you that independent wrestling is alive and well. Um, last week on the show, I talked about how um, we're going to have in January, January 22nd, the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame and... Uh, and how, you know, going to keep you guys up to date on if any news was announced for the class. And you know what? Within a matter of days of last week's episode being up, we do have some members to announce for the inaugural class of that Hall of Fame, the Independence Wrestling Hall of Fame. And those are Jerry Lynn... Homicide and Ruckus are the first three inductees going into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, Sean Waltman, who was a longtime rival of Jerry Lynn, will be inducting him. Chris Dickinson will be inducting Homicide. And Sanjay Dutt, another rival of Ruckus, will be inducting those three men in to the Independence Rest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Congratulations to those three men. The induction ceremony, by the way, is on Saturday, January the 22nd, the night before the big event at the Hammerstein Ballroom. AEW also announced this week that Battle of the Belts will be happening, and it will be happening on January the 8th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, this is going to be the first real TV special that AEW does. I know some of you are probably saying, like, the winter is coming and all the other events, which is true, but those were episodes of Dynamite. This is an event all in itself. And what's cool about the Battle of the Belts is going to be all the matches are going to be championship matches, you know, unless they sneak in, like, one match that's not a championship match but it's really cool news to hear and uh tickets went on sale today as a matter of fact so if you are looking to get tickets to this event in charlotte on january the 8th you better go fast because they will be gone real quick i definitely feel that is going to be the case uh, so go right ahead and get those tickets right now. January 8th, Battle of the Belts in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
staying with AEW news, um, if you watched Dynamite this past Wednesday night, or if you didn't watch Dynamite, at the end of that show last Wednesday, this past Wednesday night, uh, JR did, like, uh, you know, he did, you know, he he's the one that usually ends up, or uh, wraps up Dynamite. But this time it was a little weird because he didn't say, you know, we'll see you guys next week or anything. He said, you know, I'll see you guys down the road and hopefully back at the desk one day. Um, obviously we all know by now Jim Ross, uh, has skin cancer and he is fighting skin cancer. He's really, you know, he's been dealing with this for a little while now. He took the Twitter last night and I'm going to read his tweet due to my skin cancer care totaling 22 radiation treatments starting Monday I will hopefully return to the announced desk on December 29th in Jacksonville Tony Khan supports me on this strategy which has been a blessing my thanks for all your support uh Tony replied back saying JR, everyone here at AEW wishes you the best. I think it's a great game plan you've got. We look forward to your return to commentary, hopefully in your new hometown, Jacksonville, Florida, Daly's Place at New Year's Smash at the end of December. We want you to kick the cancer's ass, JR. Um, it's going to be, I'll be honest, it's going to be a little weird in December not hearing JR's voice on Dynamite. Um... Excalibur and Tony Schiavone are going to be there. I don't know who the third person's going to be on commentary. Maybe they're going to rotate it, you know, during the weeks. And then if JR comes back on the 29th, you know, he'll be there. Um, but just hoping for the best for Jim Ross and uh, hope that, you know, he goes through this, everything is all right. And. Hopefully we'll get JR back on December 29th to wrap up 2021 uh, for AEW. Johnny Gargano is in the news this week. Uh, his contract is running up on NXT and there have been negotiations as of late between Gargano and WWE as far as if he is going to stay or not. I can tell you that, according to reports, that he will be staying for one extra week. His contract uh, ended, or is going to end, on December the 3rd. However... He has agreed to stay for one extra week because, well, he is a part of the next NXT TakeOver event, which happens to be War Games, and he is in one of the two War Games matches. So, I figure if, and it's a big if, uh, Johnny decides to leave NXT, decides to leave WWE... Uh, he'll do the War Games on December 5th. And then maybe he'll do one final thing at the next show on the 7th. And if they have not reached an agreement, if they have not reached a deal, then Johnny will leave NXT. I don't know if he is going to stay or if he's not. I mean, a lot of people have left NXT, you know, with their contracts, Adam Cole being a perfect example. Um, I, we all know he and his wife, Candice LeRae, they're expecting a baby uh, in 2022. And, you know, is it really worth the risk of either staying with NXT? And he probably knows that he probably would want to stay in NXT or maybe WWE is going to want him to come up. I'm not really sure. Or does he decide to leave and decide to go to other places? That is a very big possibility. So, 
Um, the whole Gargano thing is very interesting at this point in time. And we'll just have to wait and see how things are. But Johnny Gargano, you know, the latest name in as far as if he's going to stay or leave, is, you know, it's just a big deal right now. So we will see. Before I get to the Survivor Series, let's talk about what happened Monday night on Raw and the incident between Seth Rollins and a fan. And this story is so bizarre. It's one of those things where it's like, you know what happened, but you don't know why he did it, and then you find out why he did it, and it's just so bizarre. So, for those who did not watch Raw on Monday night, maybe it's a good thing. The moment of the show is... Seth Rollins, after he beats up Finn Balor, he's on his way to go to the back. When all of a sudden, this fan jumps the guardrail, makes a dash for it, takes down Seth Rollins. Right there. Um, eventually, security and WWE agents were able to get him up, get him off Seth, uh, no, no damage was done from what I've heard, what I've read. No physical damage had been done. Um, but he was arrested and eventually he was let go. Uh, not, I, I would imagine something's going to come out of this in a little while as far as is he going to face charges or whatnot. But this story gets so much weirder. So, the gentleman in question, the gentleman that took down Seth Rollins Monday night, is a young man by the name of Elijah Spencer. Elijah Spencer, 24 years old. He was charged with attempted assault and attempted violation of arts and cultural affairs for disrupting a live performance. Where this gets weird is apparently uh, Mr. Spencer asked Seth Rollins once for help in getting into the wrestling business. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, he followed him on social media and then he got catfished by a fake Rollins account. So then he, after all of this happened, you know, he gets taken down and he's eventually arrested. Um, the WWE releases a statement, and, and I will read the statement. WWE takes the safety of its performers very seriously. The individual who attacked, attacked Seth Rollins has been turned over to the New York Police Department and will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Rollins was not injured and did not or didn't need medical attention. So that is that's a good thing. Thank goodness. Um Spencer made a video at first saying that he did this for the bloodline. He did it for Roman Reigns and the Usos. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then, Spencer told the New York Daily News that, and I quote, I apologized to the WWE for my actions. I had a legitimate beef, but as a grown man, I could have settled it a different way. If I saw him today, I wouldn't attack him I've moved on. And then he goes on to say, My plan was to help Finn Balor. I'm a fan. I like his aura, his attitude. I like everything about his charisma. I like everything about him. 
I jumped from where I was sitting at. I ran and speared Seth Rollins. I busted his lip open and he caught me in a headlock. I broke the headlock and I was trying to get him. Then the referees and the security guards broke us apart. In that article, he talked about a beef from 2019, which would be him believing Rollins was the guy posing as Rollins, who tried to dupe him out of $3,000, which led to the arrest of his girlfriend. He also said that he met Rollins at a meet and greet a few years ago and asked Rollins for help to get into pro wrestling. Then he started communicating with someone he thought was Rollins on WhatsApp and other messaging services. He also said that at one point he was blocked on social media by Becky Lynch. Uh, Seth Rollins seemed to have no knowledge of any interaction with Spencer and only said the situation was terrifying because it happened so quickly and said he thought Spencer should be banned from attending future WWE shows. Okay. This is not the first time we've had this situation happen anywhere. And it's sure not going to be the last time we have this situation. It has been said repeatedly over and over again. It doesn't matter what podcast you listen to. If it's this one, if it's another one, it's been said. If you decide to jump over the guardrail at a wrestling show and try to do something to a wrestler, you are fair game. You are fair game. Plain and simple. You bought a ticket to be at the show, to watch the show. That is it. You did not buy a ticket to be a part of the show. I feel bad for this young man. He obviously has some issues. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But he needs to understand that not everything in pro wrestling is real. And... Yes, I feel bad that he got catfished. Believe me, there's a whole TV show about that on MTV. I, I've seen a couple of those episodes. That I will admit to. I have at least watched Catfish. I'll admit to that. But when you take something like this seriously and you decide to go after the guy who you talked to, or at least claimed to have talked to, and you attack him. Basically, that's what he did, is he attacked him. That is where you cross another line. And even the old-timers, even the legends, will tell you, once you cross you know, once you go over the barricade, once you go over the rail, you're fair game. You are fair game. I mean, there are videos up on YouTube, if anybody ever want, wants to watch, of WCW Nitro, where one time Dave Penzer, the ring announcer, took a fan out 
when he went over the rail. And there's another video where the referee, the late, great Pee Wee Anderson, Randy Anderson, he took another guy out. So, you know, fans have not learned. Yes, you could be mad. Yes, you could be angry. You know, you can be mad at the bad guys. But when you go over the rail, when you go over the barricade, you're fair game. It's plain and simple. You're fair game. I'm surprised people have not learned that yet. I don't know if people will ever learn that. And it seems in a way that and, and, and I'm not trying to put, you know, I'm not trying to say it's Brooklyn's fault, which it isn't, but Brooklyn kind of seems like a hotbed for this because, remember, two and a half years ago at the Hall of Fame ceremony, Bret Hart, during his speech, was attacked by a fan. And then the WWE wrestlers you know, jumped right up and went after that guy. And I don't think we've heard anything about that situation since. It's been a long time. But, you know, there's there hasn't been much as far as what, you know, <laughs> it's just, it seems as of late, WWE and Brooklyn may not be mixing so well right now. And maybe they want to beef up a little bit of security there for the next few times they're in Brooklyn. Because if this keeps up, it's going to get to a point where Brooklyn might end up losing um, might end up losing having WWE shows there. It's very possible. Very possible. Okay, so now that done talking about the craziness that was Monday night, now I've got to get into the craziness that was Sunday night, and I am, of course, talking about the Survivor Series. Uh, least hyped Survivor Series I can ever remember in my life. Um... It just, I was not a fan of this show. I, I was not. There's there's one match I really like, but the rest I really couldn't care about. So, uh, if you are listening for the very first time, I will give you guys my rating of each of the matches for the Survivor Series. And I will also tell you how Dave Meltzer rated hit these matches for the Survivor Series. So remember, folks, it is SmackDown versus Raw. It's the quote-unquote one time of the year where the two brands face off against each other. Quote-unquote. So, uh, we start with the pre-show match, and it is Damian Priest against Shinsuke Nakamura. The match is... Kind of decent, actually. I'm not going to lie. I thought the match was kind of decent. But the focal point of this match, for the majority of it, is Rick Boogs. He plays the guitar anytime Shinsuke's in trouble. And at one point, Priest threatens him and is like, if you play that one more time, I'm going to break that guitar. So we get towards the end of the match, and Priest has Nakamura beat. He's got him in trouble. Like, he probably is going to win. And then Boogs plays the guitar again. Priest comes out of the ring. He's ticked off. He attacks Boogs, breaks his guitar. Then... He then Shinsuke comes out, takes the you know, he he still has the, the guitar, the broken guitar, 
hits Nakamura with the guitar. Ref calls for the bell. Shinsuke wins by disqualification. And the fans are not happy. Um, yeah, we're off to a good start here. I gave this match a D. Meltzer gave it two and a quarter stars. So now we go to the opening match of the Survivor Series. It is Becky Lynch against Charlotte Flair. This probably was the most hyped match I could think of of the entire show. And that's even including Roman Reigns and Big E. This is the best match of the entire show, by far. This is the best match of the entire show. These two go at it. It is back and forth. They're getting very physical with each other. Like, they're beating themselves up in the ring, out of the ring. It's just a straight-up fight between the two women. And Becky, at one point, puts the figure four onto Charlotte, which gets a nice reaction because, you know, how often do you get... Uh, you know, the figure four put on somebody like that. Um, Charlotte, you know, reverses. It's just a good back and forth match. And then at the end, and I kind of liked this ending, Charlotte has the, you know, she goes for the O'Connor roll and she grabs the ropes to try to get extra leverage. But the referee catches her. Becky reverses it and the referee counts. Becky grabs the rope. Ref doesn't see it. Becky Lynch wins. Good match. Really enjoyed it. Told a good story. I gave this match a B minus. Meltzer gave it four and a quarter stars. All right. So now we go to the first of the two Survivor Series elimination matches. This is the men's match. So, Team Raw is Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins. Team SmackDown is King Woods, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Beginning of this match is great. I loved the beginning of this match because Seth wants to start the match. But Owens is like, no, 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 I want to start. I want to start. I want to start. So he eventually convinces Seth that he's going to start the match. So Seth starts, or uh, Kevin Owens starts the match. He's in the ring with Jeff Hardy. The bell rings. Now he's circling around in the ring. Kevin Owens gets out of the ring, and he walks to the back. I laughed, and I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. So, already, Raw is down one man. Now, I'm not going to go through all the eliminations here, but I'm going to point out different moments that I really enjoyed, and one of which was Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Wow, did I enjoy that. Those two still have it and I wouldn't be surprised you know and I'm saying this now and things can definitely change between now and April 2nd and 3rd I would not be disappointed from just watching what I saw here if we end up getting Lashley and McIntyre again at Wrestlemania because these two hit it out of the ballpark when they were in the ring together. They were fighting. It was back and forth. It was just really good action. It really was. And both men eventually, they, they, they get each other counted out. They are out of the match. So, you know, it takes two big elements of each team out. But in a way, you protect both guys. So they're both out there. Eventually, it comes down to a two-on-two situation where it is Rollins and Austin Theory against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. And Sheamus and Jeff Hardy at one point are working together because they, you know, they've had 
feuds in the past. But, you know, they were doing uh, the double shot to the chest, which was really cool. Um, and then Sheamus gets eliminated, so it's two-on-one, but Jeff Hardy eliminates Austin Theory. It comes down to Theory and Hardy. Good back-and-forth match. Rollins hits the curb stomp to get the win. He is the sole survivor of the match. The thing, the only thing I have about this match that I had a little bit of a gripe with, it felt long. Like I said last week, when I talked about the Omega Page match and how, you know, when I found out it was a 25-minute match, I thought to myself, that did not feel like a 25-minute match. This match was almost a half hour, and I felt it. I felt it. Not saying it was a bad match. It wasn't a bad match. But it's just, it felt long. I'm, I gave this match a C. Meltzer gave this four stars. So, I want to, in between here, I want to point out that for some reason, oh my god, for some reason, we have to have on the Survivor Series a sub-storyline to this pay-per-view. The story is Vince McMahon comes to the arena and he has this egg with him. First off, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, the, the the show, this show, is sponsored by The Rock's new movie. I think it's like Red Account or something. I, I don't really remember. But it's got Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. So, you know, I probably would watch it for Gal Gadot. She's hot. But anyway. So, there's a segment where... Roman Reigns enters Vince's office. And Vince talks about the egg. It's called the Cleopatra egg. And he talks about how The Rock gave it to him. And he talks about how... When... When The Rock came to Madison Square Garden... He had seven dollars in his pocket. Your cousin, The Rock. And now, he's worth... Millions and millions. And this whole thing just doesn't make any sense. Because this is, and, and this is legit, the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut. Last year was the 30th anniversary of Undertaker's debut. This year is the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut at Survivor Series. Which is true. So WWE, they're being accurate on this one. And it's like they're kind of hyping the whole idea of, eh, maybe Rock will come. Well, he didn't show up for this next match because it is a 25-man battle royal and they're making this as the 25th anniversary of the Rock's debut battle royal. And oh, by the way, this match is sponsored by Pizza Hut. So they're are tables with these big boxes. And I honestly thought at first it was like pies. Like, you know, Thanksgiving pies. Well, I was kind of right on the pies department. Just wasn't pumpkin pie or, you know, it was pizza pie. So we have a match sponsored by Pizza Hut. And Street Profits come, and they kind of tease Byron Saxon. They were going to give him this big box. It's like three pizzas in there, and they don't give it to him. Now, I will say this, and I, I said this to a couple people during the week. If you guys remember a couple years ago, WWE kind of did the same thing with TLC, or at TLC, with... KFC. And they had the whole, you know, they had the meals. They had the they had the dinner meal. They had the buckets of chicken, they had corn slaw or coleslaw, mashed potatoes. And 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 I was 
upset that they didn't have the potato wedges, which, of course, now they no longer have potato wedges at KFC. But that's another story. At least here, they've got good pizzas. They got pepperoni pizza. They got sausage pizza, which is my personal favorite. Although meat eaters pizzas are pretty good too. So I didn't complain about the food on this one. Basically, this match is Omos the showcase. And nothing against Omos. It really isn't. But it's just between the pizza endorsements, the fake out of giving pizza to the wrestlers, this was awful. And again, Nothing against Omos. He did his job. He did what he was told to do. Be a big man. He wins the battle royal. And then Street Profits toss out pizza slices into the into the crowd. Yeah, that that's that's a real thing. Real real thing that happened. So I gave this an E. I mean, again, I like Omos, but my god, this was such a skippable match. Meltzer gave it one and a quarter star. Then we go to Randy Orton and Riddle against the Usos. And one of the things that they mentioned, and they mentioned this on the pre-show, and I like it was mentioned on social media, and I kind of didn't know about this, was Randy Orton at Survivor Series set a record for being in more pay-per-view matches than any other wrestler in WWE history. He's been in the company 20 years, just about 20 years. And yes, he's had injuries in the past. He has. But he has been a con- you know, he's been a constant in the pay-per-views. So, it's like, okay, cool. You know, he he, he has had more pay-per-view matches than anybody else. I'm fine with it. Match is kind of eh. But you do get a good ending. Uh, I think it's Jimmy Uso. He goes for a splash on Riddle. But Orton hits an RKO while he's in midair. Looked really good. I- I'll-, I'll give him that. RK Bros win the match. I gave it a D plus. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. Um... Then we go to the women's Survivor Series match. Team Raw is Bianca Belair, Queen Zelina, Carmella, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. SmackDown is Sasha Banks, Natalya, Tony Storm, Shayna Baszler, and Shotzi Blackheart. Again, I'm not going to go through everything, but it's a mess. It's a mess. They do the whole Carmella has to wear her mask thing because she's the most beautiful woman in WWE. Bullcrap. She gets eliminated like a minute in in the match. Eventually, they are able to get an elimination on a SmackDown member. But after that, it's like the next three are all Raw wrestlers that get eliminated. So Bianca is the only one left for Raw. It is... Four versus one. Let me repeat that. Four versus one. So we have a issue with Sasha Banks and Shotzi and the other team members start to turn their back on Sasha. She tries to get back into the ring. It's clear that she made it, but the ref keeps counting. And she eventually got counted out of the ring, which was really dumb. This was stupid. So now it's down to three against one. Belair eventually eliminates Natalia, so we're now down to two against one. Uh, Shayna comes in. Shayna gets eliminated. So now we're down to Shotzi Blackheart and Bianca Belair. Shotzi gets caught. Bianca hits the KOD. Gets the three count. Bianca Belair, sole survivor of the match, come, comes from a four-on-one situation to win. I would have liked it if they had let Sasha be beat. Not counted out. 
I gave this a D minus. Oh my god, this was bad. I this was bad. Meltzer gave it two and a half stars. Um, I also want to mention, and maybe I skipped the timing, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. There's a skit where the egg is stolen. Oh, the egg has been stolen. Huh. Yeah. So Vince is upset. And he says that he wants everybody at Raw tomorrow night. Yay. We're going to get an egg story. Follow that egg. The, the sequel to Follow That Bird. There you go, Ted. That one's for you. So now we go to the main event. Roman Reigns, Biggie. Uh, it could have been a little bit better. It could have. But what I did like about it was how Roman wasn't on his game. He was distracted by the fans. And maybe Biggie might have gotten into his head a little bit. And, you know, he's not on his game. And there's a point where I think Roman hits two or three spears on the Big E. But every time he hits him, he gets back up. Second time, he gets back up. The third time, it's a little slow, but he is able to get back up. It's a decent match, and then Roman hits another spear. Roman Reigns wins. And, you know, I'm sure there were people that thought, oh, this is going to be the time The Rock comes out. Rock's going to come out. Nope. Rock's not there. I gave this a C. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. A couple of other things I'm going to point out here. One, Pat McAfee. My God, I could not deal with this man for most of the show. There were maybe a few times where I could deal with him. The rest, I could not deal with him. I like There would be times where, like, if he's not on there, it would be, like, relief for my ears. It would. It, it really would. The other thing. You know how some years they keep track of the scores for the Survivor Series, like which brand wins, you know, which and all that, didn't do it. So I, 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 I'm sure there were a bunch of us who were keeping track. SmackDown won two matches the entire night. The pre-show match with Shinsuke and Roman Reigns. Every other match was won by Raw. And never mentioned it. Never mentioned it. So now we're going to go to the Facebook group. See what they thought of this show. And this one, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. This was a wide range of grading on this one. Um, I'm going to give this a D. I did not like this show at all. This might have been the worst pay-per-view I've seen this year. And that's saying something. This might have been. Keyword being might. This might have been the worst pay-per-view of the year. The majority gave this show a C grade. So they thought it was an average show. A few people gave it a B. One person gave this an A. Wow, he must have been in a much better mood than I was watching this show. Um, We did get one comment, and it is from Eddie Luckritz, who wrote, If it had actual title matches that changed hands, I'd probably give it an A. Most matches were solid. Biggie and Roman had pretty good match, along with Charlotte and Becky. Okay, respect his opinion. I, I, I respect his opinion. As far as favorite match goes, it's pretty obvious. This is almost unanimous. Becky Lynch and Charlotte. 
was the best or was voted everyone's favorite match from the Survivor Series. One person voted for the Battle Royal. I'm going to have to have a talk with that individual next time I see him. And you know who you are. But I went with Becky and Charlotte. That really was the best match of the entire pay-per-view. It, it really was. This is otherwise a very forgettable Survivor Series. I'd like to forget this pay-per-view as long as I can. But, you know, not really sure if that'll ever happen. All right, one final piece of news to discuss, and then going to wrap the show up for this week, and that is New Japan Pro Wrestling announced uh, on the 20th that for their third and final night of Wrestle Kingdom, which will be January the 8th, there is a theme, and the theme is New Japan against Pro Wrestling Noah. How about this? The show is going to take place on January the 8th. Mm, excuse me. Pardon me. Um, at the Yokohama Arena. No matches have been announced for this show. It will air exclusively on pay-per-view through Abima TV in Japan. And will be broadcast both in Japanese and English, but only as a separate pay-per-view show for 3,960 yen, or converted here in the U.S., $34.48. The show will air at 3 a.m. Eastern and midnight Pacific, or very late on a Friday night here according to the Meltzer. This will air on New Japan World to subscribers on a seven-day delay. A portion of the live gate and revenue will be donated to the Japanese Red Cross. The press conference included taped comments from Shingo, Kazuchika Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi from New Japan, along with President Takami Obari and Pro Wrestling Noah wrestlers Katsuhiko Nakajima, Kaito Kiyomiya and Kaiji Muto also gave comments. Um, you know what? I like this idea. I it's a cool situ- you know, cool concept. Uh Pro Wrestling Noah, I you know, they're still in business, they're breathing, they're going, and you got New Japan wrestlers as well. Uh should be very interesting to see how that turns out. Because, you know, the 4th and the 5th are the shows in the Tokyo Dome. And then after a couple days, they'll go do the show in Yokohama for charity. I I really like this. I think it's a cool idea. And I, honestly, I hope it works out. I I really do. Because I think it's going to be a good show uh, both ways. Um, Actually, I, okay, I kind of lied because I'm remembering some stuff now. Uh, Other news real quick. Uh, J Sports announced yesterday that they are ending their 24-year partnership with WWE. They issued a statement announcing the end of their partnership is in effect December 31st, 2021 for new programming and December 31st, 2022 for on-demand shows. So they're, right now, for the most part, WWE is without a home in Japan. And uh, talked about it last week. Kenny Omega is going to be out. He was scheduled to be at Triple Mania Regia for AAA. Uh, they announced this week that the AAA Mega title is vacant and it they will announce or they will determine a new champion by way of a five way match. And we have the five participants. It is El Hijo del Vikingo, who was originally set to be the challenger, Samurai del Sol, Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, and Bandito. Those are the five competitors that will compete in a five-way match to crown a new AAA Mega Champion. So, on that note, that's going to do it for this week, but... 
before we wrap it up. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Follow the show on Twitter at wrestlingshow11. Follow the show on Instagram. Follow us at that wrestling show and check out our Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Face Group. You type that in the search bar and you are right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Now to plug uh, friends and podcasts you guys should check out. Starting with our Vantage Point with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week in the Anywhere But New York segment, they discuss Lex Luger. Plus, week four of the royal flush of the worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. And a review of NWA World Championship Wrestling from April 29th, 1989. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where this week they have two interviews. One with the swag champ, Ren Jones. And New Wave Pro Wrestling Creative Director Earl Joseph. Both those interviews are up now on Juice Pro Wrestling. And check out the 24-inch podcast with Steve Bennett and Dave Rollins as they talk about the career of Hulk Hogan. They have two episodes up this week. One, where they talk about Hulk Hogan defending the WWF title against Adrian Adonis at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. And the other one for Thanksgiving, Hulk Hogan and the 1988 Survivor Series. Check it out, the 24-inch podcast. You can check that out via the Sportscasters podcast. If you're looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out the Castle Vault, which is a deep dive in to Disney Plus. This week they discuss and review Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That is on the Castle Vault. On Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast, they sit down to interview comedy musician Insane Ian, known for his regular contributions to the Dr. Demento show, among many others. That is this week on Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast. This week on Escape from Vault Disney, they watch Roger Rabbit shorts. Should be interesting. Check it out, Escape from Vault Disney. On the Three Stooges throwback with our former guest, uh, guest Gabe Russo, he reviews Three Missing Links. That is the 33rd short. Of the 190 the Three Stooges did, that is this week on the Three Stooges Throwback. Also, check out uh, Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts with myself and Jim Boy Star as we go through Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. This week, going to start the Riku chapter of the video game. Also, check out uh, the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast where myself and my good friend uh, Dan... DK, we pick one wrestler to discuss, and sometimes we'll talk about other stuff. This week, we discussed Brett the Hitman Hart. Check it out this week on the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast, and I will mention right here that it is right now currently not up on any major uh, podcast hosting sites like iTunes or Spotify, so if anyone is interested in getting the link, please let me know. I can send you the link. So you guys can listen to the podcast. And finally, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and discuss each and every South Park episode. This week, I start off season 14 of South Park by reviewing the season premiere, Sexual Healing. Plus, this weekend, and I promise it will be up this weekend... I will give you my thoughts on the South Park post-COVID mini-movie. I, I guess I could call it a mini-movie. That is currently up on Paramount+. Plus. Next week on the show, going to preview NXT TakeOver War Games, their first TakeOver in this new format, and going to discuss the latest 
wrestling news. Uh, one more thing I do want to mention before I wrap it up here. The final episode of the year, coming real soon, right around the corner, will be again Christmas Eve. It will be December 24th. That is the final episode of 2021 for that wrestling show. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, if you're going out shopping, please be safe. And when you're done recovering from Thanksgiving and you're shopping, come back here next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And until next time, wrestle on.